Blog Talk Radio. There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird pick a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of storing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. www.squatchcoffee.com to check it out. So, a few announcements. A reminder that the Ohio Bigfoot Conference is coming up on May 16th. Uh, go to www.ohiobigfootconference.com to check it out. Still time to get in on that. The uh, Team Squatch in USA Habituation Conference, hosted by Matt Johnson, is, is uh, coming up. April 24th to 26th. You can check that out at www.kingsquatchinusa.com. And the 2015 Florida Skunk Aid Conference, uh, check it out at www.thesasquatchhunters.com. That's the second annual. So, day as always is my good friend and co-host, Shane Corson. Shane, how are you doing? Oh, doing well. A little, little tired. Was out um, Mount Hood area last night with my buddy uh, Larry and my family. Just uh, you know, doing a little camping, a little research out in that area. Nothing too serious. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm a little, little tired. But uh, doing well. Glad to be here. Cool. Well, as well as uh, co-host today, you have two hats. You're also uh, the Monster S X guest. So. Appreciate you agreeing to do that. You don't uh, get interviewed very often, as you told me. So, um, very cool. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't usually like to be on this end of it. It's just not my thing, really, to be interviewed. I like to listen to uh, others and and learn from them and 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 whatnot. So, kind of new to me. And I, you know, I've turned down quite a few interviews. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's always funny because, I mean, it's totally different being interviewed than doing the interview. So it was funny when we had Shannon on that she was, you know, she was nervous uh, ahead of time. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's different. <laughs> but I think there's a lot, I mean, uh, there's a lot that people can learn from, from your experience as well because you are uh, – we were talking before the show is like you are one of the most active Bigfoot researchers I have ever ever met. I mean, you you spend a huge amount of time out in in the field. I mean, 
between and you know you belong to you're a core member of the the Olympic project and and a core member of of our group the Tillamook Forest Research Group and then you're a member of Bigfootology did I miss anybody uh, Cryptologic Radio I'm a host uh, co-host on Cryptologic right. Radio and uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, not only I mean you you're in the field you're you're hosting shows and and I know that you spend a lot of time you know looking at stuff online and researching and watching I uh, you you uh shared a the the PBS special about the Sumatra orangutans which I went and watched and it was it was really fascinating and of course as when as a Bigfoot researcher I'm always look, watching something like that in the context of you know what would what what kind of things that that uh, orangutans do to, that would apply to to Bigfoot as well so yeah. And I know you spend yeah. a lot of time doing that kind of stuff. So you're you're really a student as well as you know uh, a researcher. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody that takes this subject seriously is a student because um, we're trying to learn and trying to figure out uh, Sasquatch, the Sasquatch phenomena. You know, it's it's uh, so we're all learning because it's not been proven to exist yet. There's not a, a specimen to study. Uh, most of the, I mean, all of the evidence is anecdotal. Uh, and uh, so all we can do at this point is collect, you know, collect as much data as we can and, and look at examples from nature um, and uh, go from there, you know. And it's, uh, it's a hard thing to juggle, too, with, uh, you know, because nobody really truly is getting paid to do this. So it's uh, it's a huge juggle for me personally, you know, because I have a, a wonderful family and, you know, i got a job and, it's uh it can be taxing at times because you want to uh you want you, i take this serious so i want to uh learn as much as i can be that student and uh, uh you know read things watch things get out in the field study things and it it it's hard because you know we all have a life i have a life and and i don't my my family's always first always first it has to be um you know and uh if if what I, my passion, if it interferes with my family, I have to check myself. And uh, I think that goes yeah, for a lot balance. of, yeah, I think it goes for a lot of researchers, you know, including yourself, Gunnar, and and uh, many of the others out there. It's it's something we'd like to do full time, <laughs> but at this yeah. time, it's, it's, you know, unfortunately, it's whenever we have spare time, you know, and I, I use almost all my spare time uh, trying to learn and study and, and figure things out and, and hypothesize and the whole nine. And you're all, I mean, you're, you research in a number of areas. I mean, you're up in the Olympics and you're, you have areas out that you go out in the Mount Hood forest area and then, then our research area. So, um, you, you put yourself out there and, uh, you, I always like, appreciate your approaches that, you know, you're very methodical, thoughtful about the, the way you approach, uh, the, the subject that you're not, you know, you, you you don't aren't real emotional about how you know that you want. It's not about a belief or a, or a religious experience for you. It's a you approach it very scientifically, which is is something that I appreciate. So yeah, well I, I appreciate that, and, and you do have to approach it scientifically. Um, that's an absolute must. Uh, you must always we say this time and time again, but it's so true. You must always rule out Bigfoot. Uh, you know, you always go into the field or uh, when you're listening to um, taking a report or encounter or uh, looking at evidence, you, you look at Bigfoot last. It's very important because um, Bigfoot has not been proven to exist. And there's so many other variables out there. Um, you know, I believe Sasquatch is a rare thing. So uh, there's lots of explanations for so much of the evidence out there, uh, whether it's um, tracks, uh, impressions, uh you know, and people's reports, you know, stuff that of that matter, you know, it, a lot can be explained. So to, to approach it scientifically, you know, you got to try and roll out Bigfoot um, first and, and look at, well, what could this be? Um, you know, what did this person see? What did I see? What did I hear? Uh, you got to know these areas. You know, you can't just, you got to know the areas that you're working in. You got to know the, the fauna, the um, the animals in that area, the seasons. And it's very, very time-consuming 
and very tedious, but that's that's what science requires. Uh, nothing happens overnight. Spe- you know, I mean, there's, like I said, there's not a, a specimen out there. Uh, so science requires, um, you know, data, and it, it has to be done um, methodically. Right, and that the the only shortcut, you know, the way I've been the way that this gets proven is either you know by efforts like this where you where you're out all the time and you you put yourself in a position where you learn their patterns, you and can have some predictability about where they're at when they maybe you know then then you can do a long term uh, scientific study with. It can be documented through, you know, video and audio and a lot of corroborating evidence. But mm-hmm. you know, obviously, it's probably it's probably just going to take a body, live live one or dead, uh, uh, to prove it to the general public and and the scientific community and law at large. But so you, I mean, you've been bigfooting for quite a while. How did you first, you know, get into what, what brought your interest into the Bigfoot world? Well, you know, uh, I was born in Scotland. I was born um, basically Glasgow, and uh, I lived in Scotland for a number of years, and then uh, uh, we moved to the States, lived in Salinas for a while, Salinas, California, and end up in the 80s moving back to um, Scotland. I lived on a little island called Isla off the west coast of Scotland, and I was interested in um, paleontology has always been a huge uh interests of mine. I loved dinosaurs growing up. I just, I loved anything to do with dinosaurs. I wrote um, paleontologists uh, in Edinburgh um, just to, you know, as a, as a child and, and just to pick their brain. You know, as a child, I tried to learn every dinosaur name uh, and say it correctly and, and learn about them. And so it kind of got my interest into these, 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 you know, some cryptids in general and dinosaurs. And I got interested in Loch Ness Monster. Um, uh, Bigfoot was, you know, I, I used to watch documentaries like In Search of, you know, and, and Rest in Peace, um, you know, Leonard Nimoy, uh, he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, I kind of looked up to as a kid uh, watching In Search of, but the fascination, it just excited me that uh, there could be these unknowns out there, you know. Um, so I I was very interested in, in dinosaurs, like I said. Uh, moved to the um, States, uh, 92, and uh, lived in Ramona, California, um, up until uh, about 2008. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I was still interested in dinosaurs and paleontology. Then um, considered pursuing that as a career. It didn't pan out for me personally. Um, so I end up, uh, you know, doing a variety of jobs. Um, I uh, end up transplanting trees for a living for a good six years uh i travel around california transplanting trees and uh you know i i'd get i'd land myself in various locations uh, uh all over california and outside the state and so um i started looking to the bigfoot phenomenon because uh a couple reports that i'd read online in in that area i said well bigfoot down here in southern california that's that's strange uh so I, I started looking at areas, you know, I started traveling a lot, um, both with work and on my personal downtime. You know, I I, I got interested in, uh, there was a report from the uh, 1971 of the Zubies in Alpine, California, uh, that interested me. And so I started looking into that. And then I started traveling with places like Idlewild, um, which is in uh, San uh, uh Jacito uh, Mountains, uh, San Bernardino, Palmer Mountain, Josh Tree National Park, Apple Valley, Bishop area, and I really had a passion for Yosemite National Park. I traveled there as much as I could. It was you know eight, nine, ten, eleven hour drive for me, um, and I never Yosemite. I, I found a, a few tidbits I found interesting, but I never. I took in reports and encounters and, and stuff like that in these, these Southern California areas and in Northern California, a few Yosemite, which is such a beautiful place. And, uh, I could go out in the middle of nowhere out there and just, uh, you know, kind of try and do some research. Uh, I guess you could call it then. I wasn't much of a researcher then. I was just interested and I really kind of out of my league. You know, so I started learning, 
you know, well, what lived there, you know, bears and, and deer and elk and everything else, you know, all these different animals. I started learning the area and uh, never really had much luck with Sasquatch other than just taking in reports and encounters. Never really found anything down there. Um, but I found a lot of these reports interesting and I found a lot of people, you know, interesting. And uh, so I, I, I took that and, you know, made my own notes and stuff and it's like, huh, well, I, I really don't have anything to go on. So it's just an interesting phenomenon. And then um, I met my, my wife, and, and she was from Oregon, and she wanted to move back to Oregon. So I was like, oh, sold. I love Oregon. The, you know, um, <laughs> It's beautiful. I've always wanted to <laughs> go there. And, and, and at, you know, if Sasquatch is going to live anywhere, it's going to be Oregon, Washington, Northern California. So I was always, you know, I kind of wanted to move that direction. So move up to uh, – to Oregon, you know, and and in the backtrack a little bit. I mean, I you know, growing up, uh, you know, I read lots of books, uh, all sorts of books, and anything I get get my hands on, I was reading, and you know what, you know, the variety of cryptids. And uh, when I moved up to Oregon in 2008, I was like, oh man, I'm in, I'm in the, uh, I'm in a goldmine of an area for possible Sasquatch activity. Uh, so I really hunkered down, really hunkered down, and started to study the subject and learn who was who and what was what and the possibilities. And, uh, you know, 2008 through 2012, you know, I really didn't have much luck. Uh, I, you know, besides, once again, just taking reports and encounters, um, you know, finding some interesting things, but nothing really that compelling. And um, what brought me um, absolutely to believe that Sasquatch exists was an encounter I had in 2012 in August. Um, a couple a couple of buddies I'd met up here, we've been friends for a couple of years, you know, about two years, and uh, we decided, uh, I'm an avid fisherman. I love fishing. Uh, I'm, I'll fish day and night. <laughs> so we uh, decided to look for some remote areas to fish. You know, uh, we do a lot of river fishing up here and a lot of lake fishing and not so much the ocean fishing, but so we... Uh, picked on area in Mount Hood. It was uh, kind of remote, and it was a hike-in um, lake area, so we decided to go out there and to this location in Mount Hood and, and um, camp for a couple nights and do some fishing. And we uh, head out there uh, to this location and um, make base camp and did a little fishing there, not much luck, and we ended up hiking around, and oh, we kind of got lost. I think we hiked. It was pretty, pretty crazy. We uh, ended up hiking like 16, 17 miles at the, the day we were out there in August, and, uh, you know, it was kind of like, okay, which way do we go? You know, we weren't, not one of my better moments, or our better moments, because <laughs> we did kind of get lost. Uh, and, you know, I was listening to these guys, and they're saying, let's go this way. And so, finally, they said, well, Shane, where do you want to go? And fortunately for me, I, I think I do have a decent sense of direction. So uh, we made our way back and found our camp. <laughs> Didn't find the lake we were looking for, but did find camp, so... We uh, set up, you know, we, we, we set up for the evening, and we're cooking and doing our usual. And, uh, you know, I think we, I think it was around uh, close to midnight, we built up the fire and went to bed. And there was three of, you know, total of three of us there, and uh, we had, each had our own tent, and we were camping right next to a lake, um, probably the most easily accessible uh, location to the water. Uh, we had circled the lake, and this, this particular spot, you know, we wanted to fish in the morning. We could just walk out and fish it because it was accessible. All around the lake was lots of bushes and stuff, and it wasn't easy fishing. So we decided to camp there originally. So um, go to bed about midnight, and I wake up. I think it was about one thirty two in the morning, and I hear this, this, this clacking noise. And it just, you know, it sounded like two rocks being smashed together. Uh, two, you know, almost like two, you grab two uh, real smooth hand-sized stones and smash them together, you know, clack. And it was just relentless, nonstop, just click, you know, smack, smack, smack. And my buddy Mitch, um, who was next to me in his tent, he whispered, he's like, do you hear that? I said, yeah. You know, and I said, I, what do you think it is? I, I'm not sure. It sounds like two rocks being smashed together sort of thing. And my other buddy, um, he was just, he was snoring away, passed out. I don't, you know, that whole night he never heard anything. You know, we uh, we had heard uh, something moving around, you know, snapping sticks, and we heard a few knocks. And um, 
that that night, we you know, we we stayed awake for a few hours, and we were whispering back and forth, and we were just contemplating, what the heck could this be? No, you know, and back in my head, you know, I I, I won't lie, you know, I, we were in a fairly remote area, and you know, I'd be lying if I said Sasquatch didn't pop in my head, you know, but I was trying to figure out, you know, what could this be? Never heard anything like it, you know, the rock clanking at two in the morning, and it's you know, it's pretty dark outside, and we're in the, the forest, you know, I was like, oh, well, elk maybe, you know, knocking out, I don't know, I was coming up with everything. So, you know, we wake up the next morning, we were kind of discussing it, and, uh, my, you know, we talked about my buddy who was passed out. We were laughing at him because he didn't hear any of this stuff going on. So we, we go out the next day, and we find some of the other lakes, and we're fishing it, and we, we make our way back to camp again. And uh, <clears throat> I think we went to bed about the same time that night, uh, built up the campfire, you know, throw a bunch of logs on there and stuff, built it up real big, uh, and went to bed. Well, once again we start hearing this rock clanking same time. And I say we because my buddy Mitch heard it as well, and uh, we were kind of, uh, you know, like, oh, my gosh, it's whatever this is, it's back. It's doing it again. And we were sitting there listening, and this time he's saying, I'm hearing something off to the left, and, and I'm saying, well, I'm hearing something off to the right. And it's this time it's, you know, the rock clanking had subsided, and we're just hearing sticks break, you know, and good, it sounded like good size sticks, uh, just snapping and breaking. I don't, I didn't know if it was, you know, something on the tree or on the ground. It sounded like on the ground snapping, fairly, fairly close. And so my heart started, you know, beating a little bit. I was going, oh man, this, this whatever. It sounds big. I mean, it sounds big, and it sounds bipedal, just by the nature of the sounds uh, walking around. And he's, buddy Mitch is kind of freaking out. And. Uh, you know, it kind of gets quiet. And then the most thundering um, knocking sounds you could ever imagine, it just, something sounded like it was beating the crap out of a tree, just whack, and you could feel it in your tent. And we were in our tents, and we could just, you could feel the vibration on the ground, and we are like, well, this is close. I mean, I was, I was, I'd be lying to say I wasn't scared at that time. I was scared. Um, buddy Mitch, I could hear his voice because we're, what, what's that? At this time, had you got? Were you thinking at all that it, it was possibly a Bigfoot? I mean, had that entered the conversation when you guys were talking the next day about what you'd heard? The next day, well, yeah. After the first night, it did kind of pop up a little bit, and uh, my buddy had slept through it. You know, uh, was kind of <laughs> laughing about it, the whole thing, and was like, <laughs> you know, whatever. I didn't hear nothing. Uh, you know, sort of thing. So uh, he he didn't take it a whole lot, you know, whole ser- you know, very seriously. Um, and we were kind of joking about it too. You know, it was like, oh, that was that was really weird, really weird. I don't know, well, whatever, don't know. And uh, but the second night, um, our other buddy Ian, he he did actually <laughs> wake up, and he was feeling and hearing these knocks. And uh, they, and like I said, they, they were what I guess people call you know call power knocks because they were just so powerful. I mean, just. I, I've never heard anything like it, uh, but maybe one time since, and it was it wasn't even as close and as com- uh, comparative to uh, these knocks. They were just uh, so powerful. Like I said, you could feel them, and then you could hear this thing just walking around, uh, stepping on branches and breaking stuff. I mean, it was just crack, snap, you know, and uh, pacing back and forth. And you know, all all three of us, I think, we were a little freaked out at that moment. Um, never heard any vocals um, that, I, you know, I can remember. I never heard any vocals. Didn't really smell anything. There was a little bit of musty in the air, but, I mean, there's animals out there. Uh, so we we were just kind of freaked out, and it's early morning, and there was uh, it was it was a bright night, but we were in the forest, so it was fairly dark. Our fire was, you know, still going, and it did glow, give off a decent glow. And after those knocks stopped, um, you know, my buddy Ian is just, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of freaking out and we were armed. We were all armed and he's kind of freaking out. And I said, you know, calm down, calm down. And it got kind of quiet. And all of a sudden you hear this, something coming through the trees up high above our heads, just and something lands next to my buddy, um, my buddy Mitch's tent and just, and I, I didn't know what it was, but I figured it sounded like a rock or something big coming through the tree. And my buddy Mitch looked, you know, 
whispers over it, you know, he's like, that's an effing Sasquatch. I mean, he was just straight up, that's a Sasquatch. That's a Sasquatch. It's got to be. What throws rocks, you know, sort of thing. So I was like, oh, frick. I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to think. I was, you know, pretty freaked out. Buddy Eaton's freaking out. And, you know, I, I think at some point, you know, he was loading up, ready to protect himself or whatever. And I said I was, I was going to kind of come over to his tent and say, you know, I'll come join your tent, you know, man. Because he was, he was freaking out. And I'm zipping the tent. I'm looking out and um, just kind of peering around. And I couldn't see a whole lot. I'm looking, panning around. I didn't really want to get out of my tent. But behind a tree, I noticed some movement. And that's when I kind of walked on this, locked in on this tree. And from behind the tree, I see um, a figure. And this figure was kind of swaying back and forth. And I could see, um, like, a, a hand on the tree um, wrapped around and an arm and a shoulder. You'd see, like, a, a head kind of swaying back and forth. I didn't really see a neck or anything. Uh, the the uh, It was just swaying back and forth, and it was... I was like, holy crap, you know, I, I didn't say that out loud, I was just thinking in my head, holy crap, there, there, there it is, that's what's doing it, and I was like, oh, you know, I mean, I don't want to say, I was, I was just completely freaked out of that moment in my head, wasn't about to go join my buddy Ian, staring looking at it, and it only lasted, it, it seemed like an attorney, it only lasted probably, I mean, it was probably mere seconds, and um, this thing, uh, I don't know, it, it saw me, I imagine so, because it just, uh, kind of pushed off and turned around and walked off into the woods um, or down the trail, actually, uh, and disappeared. And as it disappeared, you know, the uh, that clack, that, that, that rock clanking sound started again, but it got, you know, it started kind of loud and it got distant and distant and distant until it just dissipated. And uh, long story short, I mean, that, 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 that pretty much uh, solidified that they were real for me. We, we packed up. Uh, camp and got out of there um the the most eerie thing for me was you know yeah the sighting but the rock clanking was just the, when we first started hearing that both nights it just lasted forever i mean i've never heard a report since that has had rock clanking sounds as long you know and i i assume it's rock clanking i'm not sure i didn't see it doing it but as long as we did because it just seemed to last forever it was unnerving this clank 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 you know so uh, that solidified it for me. I, I knew Sasquatch was real then, and uh, we weren't out researching. We were on a fishing trip. We were cooking, you know, food. We um, played a little music. Uh, it was just a, a, a buddy's day out or weekend out, and that, that pretty much solidified it for me. And uh, that's why I'm on this road now because uh, it solidified for me. So I want to learn everything I can. I want to look at all the data that's available. I want to know why these things are so elusive why haven't we proven them yet um you know i'd like to look at reports that are that mimic mine or similar uh it's just it's the, the whole thing's just fascinating to me and i think things do happen for a reason sometimes here's a boy that lived in scotland where i don't believe there's people in britain personally but moves to the states here lands in lands in oregon and and and, and has this encounter it's just it's mind uh, it just blows my mind, and I long for another sighting. Um, but I, I long for um, to prove these things. I mean, personally, I love to prove the existence of Sasquatch, and not to uh, to necessarily prove it to everybody. Uh, in a way, yes, I'd love to prove that. But I think it's just a fascinating scientific. The discovery would be phenomenal, and it'd be, it's just so amazing. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say. It's just it's just it's an awesome subject, and I wish I could get paid to do this. I wish others could get paid to do this, uh, you know, so we could actually figure this out. Well, I think you're right. That's that's funny because I think that's one of the the reasons is there's not there's not people have to have day jobs, you know, and and there's not a lot of money that's being put into Sasquatch research per se. There's a you know there's a few benefactors out there that in the <clears throat> that have, have thrown money at it uh, at different times. But for the most part, you got a, a lot of people out there, and the amount of uh, resources that that people like you put into, I mean, the amount of you know time and, and 
and energy and and money. How much it, you know? You're you're uh, <laughs> driving here and there, and the equipment and and you know just camping equipment and being out in the cold equipment. So yeah, it's uh, and food oh. and yeah, travel and yeah. I mean you. The amount of money is scary. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> when my wife sit down, we do our, you know, we look at the finances and everything else. We budget, and the amount of money um, is pretty freaky when you, you you look at all the miles you've driven, all the this amount of money you put into equipment and time and, and time off work and everything. It's truly scary, but at the same time, you know, I it's what I enjoy to do. Uh, my wife supports me, you know, and I love her to death. She supports me, is interested in the subject, and... Uh, it's a huge passion of mine. So the money to me is well spent. Um, well, well spent everybody because, has a everybody has a hobby. So I mean, it's right. You, you could be golfing. <laughs> so exactly, I could be buying video games and playing <laughs> video games. But my money, I, I think, is well spent because I, I do believe I'm collecting um, data. Um, and and those that I work with, I think we're we're all working on a common goal. Um, not everybody that I work with wants to prove them. They just want to collect data and they want to know more about them. They want to understand what's going on, what, you know, why they're so elusive, what are their daily habits and all that. And, um, you know, and I work with a lot of, the cool thing too for me personally is that I work with a lot of um, people like yourself, Gunner, that have never had a sighting, but, and, but we're all skeptical of the evidence and stuff. So it's, it's, we only bring the best forward or we only look at, and, and collaborate on on the most positive stuff. We don't just like jump at every conclusion that everything's a, a sasquatch. We look at the evidence, and you know we're very methodical and scientifically based. And I appreciate that because that's what it takes, and, and that's what I enjoy is working with like-minded individuals um, and collaborating. You know, really have some weird. I mean, we've had our share of weird stuff out in our area. I mean, there's still things that that. Uh, uh, we've had happen that I I can't uh, attribute to any known animal, but yeah, um, exactly. And we've and had, you know, that, well, we've had some other thing, corroborating though. evidence. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that's the thing though is that we are putting ourselves out there. See, you know, we can go out in in the field all the time, but and maybe not have nothing happen. But you're giving yourself that chance. You are putting yourselves in locations and spots that give you that chance. That, or, or the chance to find data or collect data or have um, some sort of encounter or something. Um, and that's key. Is It's just in, not just enjoying the time out there, but putting yourself out there. Um, you know, maybe nothing's going to happen. Maybe, you know, and, and that's happened many a time. I mean, more times than not, that you had absolutely nothing happen. Uh, or it could be easily explained away. You know, we were out, what, two weeks ago in Tillamook area, and um, we had barn owls going crazy, and they sound very primate-like, you know, ooh, 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 you know, and the whole nine. Uh, but that was such a cool experience, and that brought, um, you know, we recorded them, and it uh, helps us look at known sounds and known animals out there, like like the barred owl and whatnot. And uh, that is very informative. And um, we didn't jump and say, "Oh, that's a sasquatch." We knew that this is the season that barn owls, you know, breed and stuff, and so. Uh, they're going to be out there. So, uh, but, but there also was some an incident at the same in the same weekend where something kind of huffed, uh, and uh, different, and it was pretty loud. I guess from I wasn't there, but that's is that the same weekend? Yeah, it was the same weekend. It was a sort of a huff, but it was more like a bark, not like, like a, a dog bark, bark yeah. but it was a bark. And we were kind of all spread out. I actually had uh, uh, Tanya's dog, Logan, with me. And I was up on a hill, and uh, Logan was, uh, Tanya's dog, Logan, was behind me. And I never heard this bark or huff, but some of the other group members did. Um, Tanya, Retman, uh, Retman, Mullis was there, and uh, Larry. And they were all kind of spread out. And they had heard this bark. Well, I never had heard this bark. I was ruffling through the brush, and I was actually trying to find a place to place a trail camera. And Logan was kind of following me, see what I was doing. And I turned around, and he 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 did this weird thing where he never seen him do before. But he tucked his tail under, his ear shot up, and he he scooted forward like kind of on his butt almost, like like somebody shot a gun right next to him, just like Poof, you know, and he just scooted. And I was like, oh, what the heck was that about? And he took off running. I mean, he just scampered. I went, well, that was weird. And I get back to camp, 
and I, you know, they're like, you got, you know, they're talking about this bark or this this huffing bark, and so I never heard it, but uh, the dog did act weird, <laughs> and I couldn't figure out why. Something spooked him. Um, so, you know, what it was, I have no idea. Um, we can speculate, uh, you know, it could be a multiple of things, but it was it was interesting. Mhm. And the, yeah, that's we've had all kinds of weird stuff happen. I mean, things that can't be explained by you know, we we had a, a rock tossed in our direction one night up there, and and we've had whistles and lots of weird vocalization, howling and hooting, and so. But yeah, uh, and and like we we mentioned before, the area is known for it, its sightings and as apparent or supposed Sasquatch activity. So it's not a, you know, a drop in the bucket. This area is, it's, I, I would consider active as far as supposed Sasquatch activity and whatnot. So it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting. And that's why I, I love that area because it is, it's got everything you need to sustain um, a large, you know, predator or mammal up in that area. Um, and so that's why that area is, is really, really neat. Yeah, so, um, a couple questions about your encounter. What did you have an I- idea about, how, you know, size of the the squatch that you saw? I mean, height. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I guesstimated it was over seven feet tall, and that's because there was a limb that this behind the tree, and this tree was a fairly large tree, old goat tree, and uh, the limb that where I kind of saw its head. Uh, was I think? Oh, I'll see. It was about eight feet off the ground. So I mean, this thing was seven, seven and a half, possibly feet tall. And you, and you're saying it? This is a, a good sized tree, and its arm was around the tree. Yeah, I mean, when I say around, it wasn't completely around. It had its arm on, on the, on the. It, it was facing me, so it, its arm was kind of wrapped around the tree. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, kind of hugging the tree almost, it seemed like, kind of swaying back and forth. Not fast, just real slow, <laughs> back and forth. And, uh, and that's just where the phrase tree-hugging hippie comes from? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, I mean, I ran into plenty of hippies, and this was <laughs> by no means a hippie. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was, uh, was kind of... Squatch-hop hippie. Sounds like a hippie good uh, coffee flavor. <laughs> hippie squatch, <laughs> hippie squatch, or tree hugger. <laughs> so, did, so did you? So did you look for for tracks or? Well, we we um we we went back. I actually took um. I actually took a a friend of Cliff Brockman uh, Brockman out there, um, and you know, uh, and we did. Didn't find any tracks. I found scuffle marks. The, the terrain up there, see, it's we're in the forest. Lots of pine needles, real rocky ground. Um, it's hard to find any sort of tracks out there. I mean, you, you'd be lucky if you found, you know, deer or elk tracks out there. It's very, you know, it is wet, but it's just really hard, and the substrate's just, uh, you know, you got lots of needles and and uh, salal and stuff out there. So the only thing I think I took back of note was um, from that general area was at the base of of, of a tree. Behind where I saw this thing was a, a, a fairly good-sized hole dug, um, and it didn't fall through into the ground like a gopher hole or a mole. You know, it, it kind of stopped like something was digging for grubs or it's digging at the base of it. I, you know, I'm just just guessing. I have no idea. But that was the only thing uh, right there that we found that was of interest uh, at that time, and that was a, quite a few weeks later. Uh, so, I mean... It, it, it looked like it was old, but I had no idea if that was associated with with the siding or not. No idea. And then you've been back to this area. I mean, a bunch of times since. So that was oh, in yeah. 2012. So. Uh, well, here's the thing. Have, what kind of have you had other encounters out there? Other activity? Yes, but here's the thing. So I get back, and I'm just you know I'm super jazzed. I'm excited, and I'm freaked out, and the whole nine and. Just couldn't believe this happened to me and, and to my buddies, and and so I got started doing some research on that particular area, and um, I looked at a lot of uh, 
Joel Behart's work, uh, Tom Powell, um, Peter Byrne, this kind of area that they know well and, and been at it for years. Uh, I got nothing on them. And I started looking at all the encounters around this area. And in this particular area, there were reports of people, um, you know, being chased out, uh, fishing out the thing, being chased, screamed at, uh, rocks thrown, chased out by Sasquatch, the, a plethora. And it just blew my mind. I was like, wow, uh, you know, it just blew my mind. So, um, I started looking at some of the surrounding lakes and stuff, and I wanted to head out, you know, uh, to some of these other areas, you know. And um, yet, was I? I'm sure a question will arise, and it has arisen before. Were you scared? Well, yeah, but I was so involved now, um, you know, gung ho, let's do this. Uh, they're out there, and so I started looking at some of these surrounding lakes and stuff, and. I found out that there was a, you know, a missing person in this area, and so when I was out there, I'd start looking for this person. You know, he'd been missing uh, about a year prior to me being out in this area. So I just, you know, not not going down the road that he's, you know, that that's Sasquatch-related. Just I was like, oh, I'd like to find this guy. So between fishing, Sasquatching, and uh, and uh, looking for this missing person, you know, yeah, uh, I've been out there so many times, and I've had some interesting stuff happen. Never another sighting. Uh, not at all, not even close, but I have had, uh, we were out there 2013 and had, uh, we were out, uh, my buddy Mitch and I were back out at a different lake, only about, uh, about two miles away. It was about three o'clock in the afternoon and he's on one side of the lake and I'm on the other side of the lake. And, you know, there's these rock walls, um, like, like, rock landslides that's what they look like um and he was hearing something kind of grunt uh to his side and uh um, i didn't know at the time you know this is after he, he met up with me but he was hearing these grunts and he came back around and met me he's like hey i'm hearing these grunts and i said well where are they coming from you know because they're they're a bear in this area in fact i know there's a large bear uh in one of these areas and uh we were looking at the area from one side of the lake when he met me up on the hill, and we seen this this bush just shake violently. No wind. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. The wind was there was no wind. And I'm seeing this bush just shake violently up on this hill, and I'm like, oh, that's that's weird. Something's over there. I don't know what it is. And you're hearing grunts, so it could be a bear. And um, to backtrack a little bit, one of the things I was doing just for fun was I was uh, clapping my hands together, and it would echo off the the other side and i would do these mouth pops and it would echo and i you know i didn't look think about it till after the fact but perhaps we had uh, stirred something or brought something's attention to us and we started hearing these whistles and they were just odd now three o'clock in the afternoon i'm thinking you know probably a bird but they were they were weird because one would happen on one side lake uh to our west and the other would happen like towards the east on the other side lake and we were both commenting, well, that that's a weird-sounding whistle. It sounded almost human-like, you know, just like a, you know. Uh, I've heard that and whistle. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've heard that whistle, too, in Tilbrook now, and it's very, very similar. Uh, not exact, but very similar. And we're sitting there, and all of a sudden we hear this crack and then, like, a knocking noise. And all of a sudden, um, you know, we had our tent set up in this, this particular spot, and we hear this. Well, we knew exactly what it was. It was a tree falling over, and this tree just—we heard it. Never saw it. Just heard it. You know, crack falls over. Um, and I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> we we both looked at each other, and we we're just like, "Holy crap!" That was loud. And we both looked at each other because that was in the direction of where our tent was, and we had to go back down the trail towards it. <laughs> and so, um, earlier that day, I had set up a trail camera, and uh, he. In in an opposite area, and he said, you know, I, that was a tree, and so we made a decision to go grab the trail camera. He wanted to leave; he didn't want to stay. He was freaked out. So I said, well, let's go grab the trail camera. We're going to leave. I'm going to leave my camera up here because it's not in the spot I want to leave. So we grabbed the trail camera. We head back, and we found this tree, and this tree um, was uh, it was a dead tree. Don't get me wrong; it wasn't like a, a sapling or anything. It was a dead tree. It had fallen right across the trail, and it was not too far away from our tents. 
and it was broken up odd. I'll say it was odd because it was it had fallen over, but it looked like it almost had been pushed to one side in, in sections because it had broken up. Um, and we we packed up and got the heck out of there. Uh, you know, he didn't feel comfortable. I wanted to stay. Um, don't know. You know, I said, don't know if it was Sasquatch related or not. Just one of those things you, you put down is odd for no wind and the whole nine. Because the tree was dead, but it wasn't real brittle. You know, walking by it, it wasn't real brittle. It had been broken up, yes. <clears throat> it just looked like... Uh, well, at the base of the tree, looking at it, there was a good flat spot behind this tree, like a real flat spot, like something had been standing there. Now, once again, not saying it was Sasquatch-related. I don't know. I didn't see a Sasquatch push over the tree. I'm just reporting what happened uh, with everything mm-hmm. else that happened. This area, though, this particular lake is where um, there is a missing guy. He went missing. You know, He, he was uh, fishing, and he disappeared. Everything, tackle, everything, he just disappeared. His tent was found. Um this is also an area that I've taken in a few reports that have had things coming down the trail, uh, stomping. Um, lots of reports from this area. Um, and I've met some of these people that have been out there with no association with Bigfoot, just want to know what the heck happened, what, what they saw, um, what they heard. Because it was, you know, and they reported the rock clanking in these areas too. So it just adds up. Uh, it's all data that I collect in, in you know, I'm not saying some of these reports I take in are Sasquatch related, but it's stuff you just take in and you note. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And you know, isn't there a story from one of the lakes there with a, a dad and his son? That was yes. Was that you? That took, yeah. Okay. No, that it was not me. That was Cindy Cadell, okay, but, who's also okay. part of our Tillamook group, and also, um, you know, she works with BFRO, and she's also a Limit Project member. She um, actually turned me on to this report uh, from a lake that's only a mile away along the trail that a father and son, uh, and this this is a recent report, I mean, you know, only like two years ago, I think maybe a year and a half ago, uh, father and son were out fishing. They're the only ones out there. And um, I think the father was on a raft fishing this lake. Um, and the son was, was fishing and had caught a fish and was pulling it up. And off to, I believe, his right, he, and this was 11 o'clock in the um, morning, mid-morning, 11 o'clock. And he looks over and he sees this, this thing behind a tree, tree peeking. I mean, just kind of watching him. And the kid apparently wasn't that scared uh, for whatever reason. He just, he saw this thing and he, he, he said it was really watching him fish, like pulling this fish up. He got the impression that it was interested in the fish that he was pulling up and um, the father was calling for his son and whatnot, calling for him, calling for him. Finally, um, they met up, and the dad was kind of ticked. They couldn't get a hold of his son because he was trying to find him. And when they met up, the son told him what he saw, and for whatever reason, they, the, the dad did decide to leave the area. <clears throat> and um, they reported it, and Cindy Cadell uh, passed it on to me as far as uh, – I never, I've actually never spoken with the individuals, but I, I did pinpoint – whereabouts they they saw or the the sun saw this this creature apparently and uh if you look at a a map topography map i mean it's it's a hop skip away from uh the area that i had my sighting and i mean it's all so close together and the behavior of this thing matches all the reports in this area um down to i mean a lot of detail so it's it's another you know anecdotal um story that uh i take in and and Collected data, but it was fascinating to hear that. Yeah, and those it, in the conversations we've had, I mean, that the they there seemed to be like more aggressive behavior in that area than than what we have it in Tillamook. So we've had a couple of weird. Uh, the one night, Larry and I thought we were kind of escorted out of uh, down a a trail. That, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. We really haven't had and a rock or anything really wasn't uh, but it doesn't seem like they're as aggressive in that area as they are up up uh, in your the area that you go in around Mount Hood. Yeah. Um yeah, I still to this day don't know if it was being if they were being aggressive with my original encounter or even with the tree falling, if that was even Sasquatch related, but 
with the sighting, that's something I can hold on to. And I don't know if it was being aggressive. Two nights in a row, that's what blows my mind. It's not the, the one-night thing going on, but two nights around the same time. I have to wonder in my head why this area and why two nights in a row would they come back to this this area on the lake? Why? Um, were we, you know, there's other lakes out there. You know, at first I was like, well, maybe because we were blocking access to the water. But then I'm thinking, wow, there's there's streams and rivers and lakes nearby. That can't be it. Were they curious? I, I you know, I just I just don't know. I just don't know. Um, it, I, I try and wrap my my head around it all the time, and I just can't figure it out. I I don't know why they came back two nights in a row, and why the second night a rock was thrown. Because <clears throat> this this rock, I don't think I mentioned this before. But this rock was you know um, palm size, you know, baseball size. Uh, it was it was large. It missed the tent. It was only one thrown. Uh, but why? Uh, you know, my buddy was snoring both nights. You know, were they trying to see if we're awake? Mm. I, I, you know, I just I don't get yeah. it. But the snoring thing is funny because a lot of the reports I take in, um, people wake up to something happening. You know, like they're snoring or uh, whatnot. <clears throat> you know, we were out, Larry and I, and um, you were there, Gunner. You were, I think, in your Jeep mm-hmm. that night. And Larry was in his uh, tent, and he was snoring away. And I wake up, and I... You know, I was kind of in that half-sleep state where I, I thought I heard a knock uh, down the mm-hmm. trail, and I was pretty sure of it. It's like, oh, wow, that sounded kind of loud, but did I really hear that? So I'm sitting there, and about 20 minutes later, right above our camp, crack! I mean, just the loudest knock I've heard since uh, 2012, and this is last year. Uh, and I'm sitting there going, wow, that was really loud. So I'm whispering over, hey, Larry, Larry, do you hear that? <laughs> Nothing. He's, he's, he's kind of, you know, he's he's out. You know, it was a long day. He was tired, and he was out. Um, so I'm sitting there awake and, um, I hear this cowbell noise, like, dink. it sounded like a cowbell, just dunk. And I was like, oh man, there's something in our camp. You know, there's something in our camp. And I was listening and listening. I never heard anything else. So next morning, you know, we all wake up and I said, do you get anybody hear that stuff? You know, I heard this and this and that. And you guys were like, no, never heard anything. Well, I said, well, we have audio, we have audio recorders out. So it had to pick it up. Um, I think there may have been something close to our camp. And, you know, we listened to the recorders, and uh, what we heard was we picked up that, that you know, uh, cowbell sound. And before that cowbell sound was something, it sounded like something hit the ground and hit something metal. Um, and then... I remember, we, heard, we looked all over. Yeah, we looked all yeah. over trying to figure out what that was, yeah. Yeah, we were trying to figure out what that noise was because it was, it was actually on the audio. And we uh, we heard you know some brush moving in the audio, and then you hear we hear that bounce noise, and then tink, and then you hear oh, oh, like a very yeah what I mean what I call like a very primate, very uh, guttural you know like oh, oh, uh, ape like. I mean it's, yeah. it blew my mind. I'm like holy crap. Uh, <laughs> it's my impression was and is that something was rustling around in the bushes, threw something, and made that noise. You know, like like it was surprised, like it hit metal, like oh wow, I, I you know, like I said, my impression, no idea, uh, mm-hmm. never saw I think anything. We later, I think the last uh, we finally thought that a, whatever hit hit Larry's tailpipe. <clears throat> that was the closest. But, uh, yeah, yeah. That was the closest. Uh, I don't think now there are rocks in this area, so to try to pinpoint a rock would be near impossible if that's what was thrown. Mm-hmm. If if anything right. anything was thrown, but the whole uh, that whole um, that, I mean, with the knocks and that, it just was like, wow. It just, it, you know, because prior to that, nothing was, for me personally, I'm, when I was out there, you know, there's some decent audio, but I was like, huh, it's kind of like nothing's really going on. And then that happened and just kind of rejuvenated me. I was like, wow. I mean, we have this audio where this thing kind of grunts or whatever, and there's this, mm-hmm. sounds like something was thrown and I had the knocks. I mean, I was just like, wow, that's this is freaking awesome, you know. And, you know, once again, don't know if Sasquatch did it, but... Um, you, you you have to look at it and go, well, what could have done that? Um, that early in the morning, why would something do that? You know, and, you know, of course, we're just reading this as, as we hear it in the experience that we don't know for for a fact that Sasquatch did that. That'd be a stupid thing to say. But it's just interesting um, with all the other activity out there. If you add it all up, it's just, it's interesting. Well, there, yeah, that was a very compelling audio, though, which I, if I remember right, it I, was. Then subsequently, uh, accidentally erased. 
I still don't forgive you for that because that that grunt <laughs> was just so primal. Oh, I know. Uh, uh, it drives me. I remember hearing that and like, holy crap! Wow. And it was because the the movement right before the rock, the the what sounded like you, you the best thing that I when you said it sounded like a cowbell. That was that's what it sounded like most to me. But mm-hmm. but there was. It sounded like movement, like right at the the picnic table that was there, where they sounded like it was right on top of that. When uh, yeah, yeah, and then there was that, like you said, that it so, sounded so ape-like. It was weird, and I'm, I'm it pretty was weird, sure it was yeah. not. Yeah, that was not a, a barred owl. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I mean, like I said, it, it, it's it's very interesting if you look at the whole picture, everything that mm-hmm. transpired. Um, it was it was it's very interesting. And somewhat compelling, at least to us. Uh, mm-hmm. Some, you know, say, "Well, you know, I wasn't there, whatever." Um, so very, very interesting. But uh, I, I do want to say that it's important to look at look at when it comes to Sasquatch. For me personally, it's important to look at examples from nature. We were talking about orangutan earlier and these documentaries mm-hmm. and stuff. And there's a lot of comparisons that can be you can find in nature, um, and, and you can learn a lot from nature. Uh, known. Um, animals and nature, and it's important to start there. I think to explain some of this phenomena as to what Sasquatch may or may not be. Um, Excuse me. It, yeah, it, it's it's uh, there's so much to learn from that, you know. And I, I always <clears throat> tend to, you know, I don't not everything Sasquatch, and I, I look at other animals. I mean, I do a lot of research on. I go to you know to our local zoo all the time. I love watching. Um, the non-human primates, you know, I love watch, looking at them and just studying them. And I'm not saying Sasquatch is a primate. I don't know. I don't know what the heck Sasquatch is. For me personally, I know what's out there. But um, I don't know what it is. But I just look at what it could possibly be, and I study, you know, animals in general. And it's just uh, there's so much to learn, and it's such an enjoyment. It's just a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I encourage those out there that take the subject serious, or even not so serious, just to... Uh, you know, you know, it, Sasquatch is a fun subject. Look at uh, some of the known animals out there and study them because uh, it's just phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. <laughs> well, that's uh, it's it's interesting because like not just and Larry Larry reminded me that he does have the audio of of the the cowbell sound. <laughs> yes, so, we still have that. Yeah. Yeah, we but unfortunately, what I mean because of where the recorders were placed, the the sound was on the was only on the one recorder. So and it was not like it was like loud. It was it was fairly uh, like low low audio. Like it wasn't like screaming. It was. I'm pretty sure that that it was checking out to see if Larry was awake. They seemed to know Larry yeah. up there and like to give him head <laughs> massage. Well. He was finally like, well, he's snoring. I'm going to throw a rock at him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, Larry. Maybe they're wanting breakfast. Larry always cooks breakfast, but I don't know. Um, but it's I, – I just have a, a real appreciation for how much effort that you put in to to the subject, you know, that you're uh, you're a, a real student of of not just – Look, reading stories about Bigfoot, but you look at, like you say, look at known animal behavior and how how uh, that can be, uh, how that might be something what we're looking at in the, how would it apply to Bigfoot behavior, you know, um, and and you talk to you know you you uh, talk to people about their anecdotal stories. Uh, you're you're involved all over the place in in bigfooting, uh, and and you've had you know you put yourself in in a position where you ended up having a, a visual encounter and and uh, uh, I still remember when when you first came up the first time you came up uh, with our group and uh, we were still still uh, in the process of of putting our group together and and uh, how. Uh, Larry was a little grumpy with you. <laughs> Still cracks me up. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, Thing is, one thing I want to say, everybody, is don't get discouraged with, with lack of evidence and all that. I mean, it, it, it does hurt, and, and uh, there's a lot of hoaxers out there, and there's a lot of misinformation and stuff. But this is a – I'm in for the long haul, and I hope um, those listening um, – are in for it too because it's not going to happen overnight unless someone comes across a specimen. It's tedious, but it's fun. Enjoy it. I, I tend to stay out of the. I tend to. I'm not perfect. I tend to stay out of the the arguments and battles and all that because it gets you nowhere. That's not where I want to put my time. I want to put my time into proving proving this thing exists and, and collecting data. And that's why I work with people like you, Gunner, and and Derek Randall's and Lynn Project. It's it's very time consuming, but fun, and that's what it's all about. And Eventually, eventually, I feel in my heart this this all of our work will will uh, pan into something positive. Um, but until then, keep plugging away. Well, we're just about. A, Digger is asking that uh, did did your uh, experience change your outlook? As far my I, I I'm not really sure what to say about that. I mean, my outlook. Well, no, it it. It, the only the real thing it did for me was solidified that they exist. I mean that's it solidified it. Uh, they're out there. What they are, I don't know. Uh, didn't change my outlook on a whole lot other than I, it just I knew they were real, and so it, it changed me from going into well could they exist to they exist. So what are they? What are they doing? How do they stay so elusive? What's what's going on here? How can this be possible? I mean it just it's yeah, it was, you know, changed my life that way, and it made me hardcore. But I think that, yeah, I think that was, uh, uh, I, I think that does sound like that was a change before. It was kind of a, you know, you're you're really interested. I think it made you even more passionate about about uh, the subject, and and uh, which is a benefit to big footing because you are really one of the. Like you said, you're one of the most active guys I have ever met. You you take where, where you have fun, you know, and you're not uptight about it, but you're uh, you take the subject very seriously, and and uh, I appreciate that about you. So I appreciate that. Well, that's just, and we are just about to the end of our hour. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us about bigfooting or or your theory of life in general? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, I will take this time to say that, like I said before, uh, this is not an easy thing to do. I, you know, I wish many of us get paid to do this. We don't. But until then, I'm going to keep plugging away, and there's many other people out there that are doing this thing the right way, I believe, and some are under the radar, some are not. Um, and too many people focus on the negative, and I tend to – I try to focus on, the, focus on the, the positive. Continue going down that road, people, and maybe one day – um, something truly magnificent will happen. Uh, one quick note I wanted to mention was the Olympic Project, um, you know, its expedition here, the first expedition of the year will be May 7th, 8th, and 9th. Please contact Derek Randalls if uh, if you're interested in going. Um, it's going to be a great expedition with a lot of good speakers and a lot of good content. And, uh, you know, um, just I want I appreciate everybody that um, finds this, this subject a passion or, or uh, interest, and, uh, you know, you know, too easy to go out and attack people and all that, and, and, and there's good reason to look at certain individuals, but if you're really serious about the subject, yes, question people, question them, but, you know, let's keep it friendly. Um, some people out there are hoaxers, and that's blatant. Some people out there are just plain wrong, and I hope I'm not one of them. I, I hope, uh, if nothing else, people can at least say, you know, he sounds like an honest guy, and He's he's trying to go about things the right way, and uh, you know, I you know that's all I can say. I just uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to do this subject honor because I take it serious and it's a passion of mine, and um, I'm not perfect, but I I try to do as best I can. <laughs> so, well, you do a great job, Jane. I I appreciate having you and getting to work with you and stuff. So, um, likewise. Uh, thanks, everybody, and remember the. The Olympic Project Expedition coming up. You can check that out. Go to their Facebook page. There's also an Olympic Project website. Um, you can Google it. So, uh, and I I went out last year for the first time with uh, Derek and 
and Dave Ellis and all the guys up there, Tom, and excuse me. So, it's, and it was a good time. So, if you if you can make that, uh, I'd highly recommend it. Um, and from Monster X, from Gunner, and from my buddy Shane, thanks for for listening this week. And Shane, thanks for uh, agreeing to uh, let me uh, pick your brain. So, uh, thank you. Thanks. Sir. You bet. And thanks, everybody. We will talk to you next week, same time, 4 p.m. Eastern. Eastern what? Or how about Pacific? (laughs) Thanks, everybody. How about it?